Welcome in to another episode of the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown. I'm joined by the managing editor of Horns 24-7. As always, the engine that makes the Flagship Podcast go, the one and only Taylor Estes. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm good, Chip. How about you? Oh, man. It is, uh, it's Tuesday. It's like 98 degrees out. Yeah. <laughs> Open it's... Um, it's cooking some pandemic today. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Certainly, certainly hot enough. Yeah. I saw some Texas fans on my Twitter timeline actually excited about it being 100 degrees outside. I was like, are you guys mad? Like, what? Oh. That's not okay. Like, my, my you know, uh, a little California bud is not okay with 100 degree weather at the middle of May. But I guess I'll stay inside like I have been. So no big deal. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. I mean, it's yeah. like... Uh, just overnight we've gone straight to uh summer yeah in texas so yeah shelter inside you know something new and different yeah <laughs> uh pick a show i'm watching breaking bad finally oh you haven't watched that before finally never oh my I'm gosh i can't believe i've finished. watched something and you haven't i know I'm, i just happened. finished season one okay i love it i'm in it i'm hooked yeah there's some parts so. that get weird like creepy weird but it's a good show i watched that okay. till the end so that was a okay. good one yeah have you watched outer banks i feel like you might actually like that show well someone told me that's like for younger people it, yeah it's like it's basically like the oc mixed with gossip girl and okay. i feel like that would fit your agenda a little bit so i feel like it might be something that you could <laughs> enjoy that's just that's uncalled for unless i'm watching with my 12 year old daughter and then maybe I would maybe, you know, that was something she and I could bond over. I don't yeah. know. Well, Joseph was a little friend. Oh, it's, it's so corny, Chip. I, I actually watched it because, sadly, my husband also has the same attention span, I guess, of a 13-year-old girl. So he was all about Outward Banks or Outer Banks. Sorry, I actually call it Outward Banks because it really bothers him. So it's oh. called Outer Banks. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I watched it with him. And I, the whole time I was just laughing. I was like, this is like the girliest show I've ever seen. But it's kind of interesting. And Joseph Osai's friend is actually one of the main characters. He talked about that on that Zoom call that we had with him uh, two weeks ago, whenever that was. But yeah, it's, it's not worth it. <laughs> but I think you might actually like it. <laughs> okay, well, there you there it is. There's some work elements to it. I need to see how Joseph Osai's friend does as an actor in that show. Exactly. Yeah, he's one of the four main characters. So if you want to watch that. <laughs> go What's uh, Joseph Osai's character's name? Uh, his friend's name. I think it's Pope. It's either Pope or Pogue. I, I don't know. I, I, like, I've watched it with uh, while staring at my phone, basically just trying to be like, a good wife being like, Oh yeah, I support your show, even though it's really silly. Oh. But <laughs> um wow. yeah, it's either Pope or Pogue. I can't I forget it's po po something. I'll say that. <laughs> I can figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> um speaking of Texas Longhorns, our uh, special guest today in the flagship podcast, Emmanuel Acho. I mean this guy, you know, in addition to leading the team in tackles in twenty ten and sort of uh, being there for the, the one good year under Manny Diaz at Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, then going on to the NFL, the guy's just blown up. 
as a uh, TV analyst. Yeah. With ESPN, with um, you know, Get Up and College Football Live, all the ESPN car wash shows, and he's mysteriously disappeared from ESPN. <laughs> And we will talk to him about that. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and we'll talk to him about Tom Herman, how, how he's getting along with Tom Herman these days. And um, his brother, Sam, yeah. also Longhorn defense, uh, defensive stud who's got nine years in the NFL. He's a free agent right now, but he's a, a player rep. And he's representing himself and the Acho family incredibly well especially this week talking about the uh, possible changes to the Rooney rule uh, in an attempt to get more uh, minorities into positions of power, head coaching positions, GM positions in the NFL. So we'll, uh, we'll talk to Emmanuel Acho about that, but Taylor, um, you know, we've got this new morning segment that I'm doing on horns 24 seven. And of course uh, we hope everyone um, is an annual subscriber to Horns 24-7. That's how you get the most bang for your buck. You get access to all the VIP content on the 24-7 Sports Network. I mean, all the team sites. And um, and that's fantastic stuff. So, um, yeah, we've got um, uh, the Texas Morning Brew going in the mornings. It's 7 a.m. And I'm hoping people... Uh, saw the third item in today's Texas Morning Brew? Yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, so Chip, I'll, I'll kind of take there. So if anybody has not checked out Chip's Ch Texas Morning Brew, it's totally worth it. Every morning, 7 a.m., he brings some good nuggets um, surrounding Texas football. And he found something today. And I was really proud that, Chip, that you found this because this was one of those where I was like, I've never seen this before. How have I never seen this? But Chip found a clip of Texas offensive coordinator Mike Yersich in a way that he kind of, um, I guess, uses toys a little bit to, yeah. <laughs> to map out offenses. And, uh, you know, I mean, you could explain it better, Chip, but. Well, it's, yeah, I and mean, we'll play a little clip here in a second, but this is when he was at Shippensburg, okay? This is before Mike Gundy hired him as, as offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach at Oklahoma State. In 2013, he's he's at Shippensburg and he's diagramming a play on. Well, it's on YouTube. You can find it, um, and actually, it's in the Texas Morning Brew. So just go there. But he's diagramming plays using Lego Star Wars figures, the Lego Star Wars figures of his kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish. <laughs> No, no offense, Chip, but I wish that this wasn't on Chip Brown time. This would have been perfect for May the Fourth because of the Star Wars uh, connection see, here. But I'm gonna see what you did there <laughs> May the Fourth. May the Fourth. Yeah. So we're only a few weeks late, but I like to call Chip Brown time um, him on his own watch because you just never know what Chip Brown time actually is. Wrong. But this is a perfect example of just the creativity that Texas has in Mike Yersich. So here, this is, I'll set it up so our listeners can hear this and it's, it's pretty funny. So here we go. We're here with coach Mike Yersich. He's the offensive coordinator of Shippensburg's football team. He came here from Edinburgh. He was formerly the quarterback's coach. And one of the things that he's instituted is a multiple offensive system. 
And this has a whole new wide range of plays, especially as opposed to the wing T. And we're going to have you diagram some of these new plays. The first one I'd like to do is that Harmon trick play that you ran against Kutztown. Do you show sure. us that? Sure. Um, we started out in base personnel, which with these uh, Star Wars figures, you'd be surprised. This probably isn't my first time uh, diagramming a play with Star Wars, having a <laughs> one-year-old. But uh, I'll tell you, if he was here, we'd have trouble getting the pieces on the board. But anyway, uh, we had 5-0 linemen, obviously, with R2-D2 being a the center there and uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi over there and Darth Vader being the tight end. But we want I mean, who's who's having fun, huh? <laughs> who's having fun? Darth Vader, the tight end. Darth Vader, the tight end, and Obi-Wan Kenobi on the Who, offensive line. Who's going to be the Darth Vader tight end of this season, Chip? Ooh. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not giving up on my man, Cade Brewer. Yeah. Oh, he's your guy. I, I just refuse to. The guy, please, someone throw him a pass. <laughs> He'll catch it. He'll make a play. Uh, I'm hoping. I mean, I know Texas had a, a stud tight end decommit. Um, because, you know, they're worried that Mike Yurisich, who's predominantly four wide receivers, not so much a tight end, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll have to see how Yurisich incorporates it. I mean, I'm hoping that my man Cade Brewer doesn't go all four years as an afterthought in this offense because he's, he's a weapon, right? Throw him the dang ball. You've been on the Kate Brewer bandwagon for quite a while, too. Gosh. Well, all he does is make spectacular catches. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, for sure. I mean. All four times that they throw it to him. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Mike. Come on, Mike. (laughs) The problem is that if you're just trying to get your 11 best on the field, now you got Jordan Whittington in the mix. You know, Kate Brewer is going to have to beat out the. Basically, he's going to have to beat out the fourth best receiver as a weapon, right? As a matchup problem, as just a guy who can, you know, get be that security blanket for Sam Ellinger. My God, they're roommates. They've been roommates for three years. Where's the Where's the Colt McCoy to Jordan Shipley kismet that that those two had as roommates with Ellinger and and Brewer? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that was only one of the best quarterback and wide receiver duos probably in recent college football history. So that's kind of putting a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> All right, well, Taylor, you have uh, you have an interesting story today that everybody needs to get to Horns 24-7 and check out. And that is the new protocols for the staff returning to campus this week. Yes, so uh, Texas held their first um, in-person on-campus staff meeting on Monday. And according to my sources, uh, the there's a lot of protocols that basically have to go down before, um, before they even make it into the facility. So from what I was told, one of the biggest things is once they arrive on campus, they have to do a temperature check at the door and they have to go through other health screening before they'll even be let into the building. And according to my sources, once people are cleared, to enter the building, they're given a wristband that essentially says that they're clear. But even once inside, they have to wear face masks in um, in uh, any type of you know staff meetings. There's been proper social distancing protocols put in place with having 
um, chair gaps type of things in between the coaches when they have to meet into the same meeting room along with wearing the mask. But one thing I thought was interesting is even if the coaches were to, or anybody um, that's making their way to the facility, it's not just coaches, but once they, if they were to leave, say, and go off, off campus to go grab lunch or something, once they come back, they have to go back through the entire protocol before they're allowed back into the facility. So this was kind of a new normal, I think, for them for right now. Um, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see how long these type of protocols stay in place with the state of Texas reopening gradually, um, you know, once they reach the benchmarks that are listed by the White House. But it's really interesting. When I heard this, I was like, wow, like this is this is today. You know, this is 2020, basically, Chip. I mean, it's easily one of the weirdest times, I think, in my lifetime. And this is the second pandemic I've seen in my lifetime. But, you know, it's just it's an interesting thing. But it sounds to me that Texas has very good um, protocols in place to ensure that the coaches are as safe as possible and all of the staff that is having to make their way back to campus that they're doing so in the the safest and um, social distancing way possible. Well, good stuff there. I mean, everything is, um, like you said, I mean, it's, it's beyond um, anything we ever thought we would see in this lifetime with regard to everything. I mean, good heavens, we're going to get into some of this in our love it or leave it segment after our interview with Emmanuel Acho uh, with regard to social distancing as, as it could pertain to games, um, you know, game day and, and what that's going to look like. Um, I mean, the UIL, I was talking to Todd Dodge uh, over at Westlake today and you know, they got, they got plastic up all through their weight room, dividing it up, you know, to where the limited number of kids at this weight station are socially distanced from the other kids in the weight room. I mean, you know, he said it, it looks more like a medical lab than it does a weight room. Right. Yeah. You know, but this is where we are. So. Right. Well, and this is. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, and, and. The, the key to all of this, because I cannot say how much I, I would recommend everyone going and reading the Bob Bowlesby story um, that we posted over the weekend, because he provides so much detail in there that I had not heard before. And, you know, what you were talking about in your story, Taylor, the cost of this in terms of the testing Right now, the tests are a hundred dollars a pop, oh, and yeah. they need those those um, those costs to come down because if they're going to be testing kids coming and going once they're back on campus, this is going to get super expensive in a hurry. Just maintaining the safety on campus of these students and knowing who's okay to compete, who's not, um, you know, this is it's going to be an incredible challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, we'll get into this a little bit more after um, we talk to Emmanuel Acho, but I feel like this is a good segue to bring him in. So let's bring in one of my personal favorite players that I've covered so far at Texas. I've always loved Emmanuel Acho. He is doing amazing things. Um, you know, he went to the NFL, as Chip had mentioned. 
now he is just blowing up on the scene and, uh, you know, sports reporting and being a, a great analyst has been for ESPN and wherever he may be in the future. So let's bring in Emmanuel Acho. Joined now by Emmanuel Acho. Texas fans know him as uh, the leading tackler in, uh, what, 2010? Also, uh, You're aging me, Chip. You're aging me. Well, man, I mean, come on. <laughs> leading tackler for the Longhorns. Guy was getting it done. You and Keenan Robinson always going back and forth at each other about who was not only the best player but the best dressed, which I think uh, ultimately he conceded to you, right? <laughs> he had no choice. Yeah, no he choice. Had no choice. Because Emmanuel Acho, man, he's got the gift of gab, which is part of the reason we're talking to him today because, um, well, I mean, the man's blowing up. He, he was doing work for LHN. Uh, he's been all over ESPN college football live get up yeah, first things first I mean my goodness now he's not been on ESPN lately but stay tuned could could be something coming but anyway Emmanuel um <laughs> it's great to talk to you man um really proud of you look at look at you now man I mean come on it's, it's it's crazy man like yeah I got a lot of things brewing obviously hopefully big announcements on the horizon on the horizon here in the next uh couple weeks couple months or so but, Chip, man, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like, the football career thing was going. It was blossoming. Life was good. Four years in college, then four years pro. Stepping away from the Philadelphia Eagles after my fourth year in 2015, I was like, let me try out TV. Uh, let me see if I can be the next Chip. Uh, and, uh, and lo and behold, Longhorn Network, 2016, 2017, Fox 7 Austin, local Fox, 2016, 2017. Before you know it, I end up on ESPN – um, and things just happen, dude. It's been, uh, it's been an amazing ride, an amazing journey, and a lot of hard work. Yeah, I mean, and here's the good thing. You've already blown by Chip Brown, let me tell you. So <laughs> you are, you're just, hey, man, Whatever, I'm running. Man. I'm running uh, I, well, I'm doing a fast walk. You're doing the sprint, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and that is, that is fantastic because, I mean, you were always one of our favorites to cover, um, because you were outspoken, you told it like it was, and that's obviously served you well. Um, at times, at, at times, at times, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe Tom Herman on signing day wasn't so pleased <laughs> to see you. I don't know a rumor from rumor. I don't know, <laughs> um, but yeah, just talk about that. I mean, talk about being outspoken and no sacred cows and all that. Man, it's, it's hard. It, it's very hard. The most difficult part now about being a national sports analyst is I, I bleed burn orange, right? I played, man. I studied. I got my master's degree, my undergrad degree. I've been in Texas since I was a 16, 17-year-old kid because my brother obviously committed one year before me. So if I'm not praising the Longhorns, then all of a sudden I'm committing a cardinal sin. And that's been the hardest part, Chip, is that everyone expect Longhorns – as do I, we all have our burnt orange tinted glasses on. I'm just challenged to take mine off and call it like it is. But also, it's, it's, it's a lose-lose because if I praise Texas when they're worthy of praise, the national analysts are like, he's just saying that because he's a longhorn. But if I ridicule Texas when they're worthy of ridicule, all of a sudden the longhorn fans, my own, are like, we hate Acho, he's sold out. And so – I've just done my best, man, to call it like I see it, to call a spade a spade, 
the better Texas does, the better my life is. Like, I hope Texas wins every game because my platform will just grow because now I can praise them and get away with it. Uh, but, Chipman, that's been been tough. That's been tough on me. I understand why Kirk Herbstreet had to move out of uh, Columbus, Ohio, at least as the rumor has it, because it's, it's difficult. I was in Torchy's Tacos one day about four months ago, and this random guy comes up to me, and he, all he says is, was it worth it? I'm like, was what worth it? Like, talking about me selling out. I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to get into this right now. So um, it's, it's tough, but I embrace the challenge because I feel like I was built for it. I just call it like it is. Well, did, did you ever hear from people at Texas? Not, I'm talking like people who get a paycheck from Texas when you were working on the Longhorn Network? Oh, when I was working on Longhorn Network, it was easy. Bro, when you're working on Longhorn Network, you see half the time it's just Texas is going to win every game. Even when you know good and god dang well, they're not going to win this one. It's just like, no, when you're in the Longhorn Network, you can get away with almost, almost anything. Because remember, at Longhorn Network, you're serving the Longhorn fans. When I am on a national, like when I'm on sitting on the desk of Get Up or College Football Live, I'm now serving the masses. So I can't sit here and say that, yeah, Texas is going to blow out Oklahoma when Oklahoma is sitting undefeated with a Heisman frontrunner. I just, I can't say that in good faith. Longhorn Network, though, for the most part, like you're serving this specific audience. So you can just get away with, um, you can be more biased. On the national stage, dude, be biased. You're going to get fired. Um, and so Longhorn Network, nobody really reprimanded me. My Longhorn Network bosses were incredible. Andy Wall, incredible. On the national stage, bro, that's when my phone blows up, man. Like, when, yeah, bro, when did your phone? You, what? When did your phone blow up the most? Uh, the Remember most what? was after the uh, the interception thing. Um, when I said that, uh, when I said I was on Get Up, and they pulled the clip of me saying after the Odell Beckham thing, you know, the whole Texas players being paid this, that, and the third. And and the the, the problem is when you pull a clip. You don't hear what came before and you don't hear what comes after, nor do you know the context. But more importantly, I take full ownership of, you got to realize you can't say everything on TV, Acho. Like sometimes you just got to shut up, take some, just realize that not everything can be said, not because it's the truth, not because it's a lie, but just because people may interpret things and people may interpret the truth differently. And um, it's, a, it's a fine line, though, Chip, because the difference between, say, me and you is that, like you said, I played at Texas. So what, what's so interesting and intriguing to the fan is, Acho, take me into the locker room. Give me a real story. But you don't want it too real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So right. that's, that's the fine line I've had to navigate. Well, what, uh, who's giving you the best advice? And we'll, we'll get to football here in a minute. But who's giving you the best advice as you've risen up the ranks in your, in your television career? Best advice I would say is guys like Marcus Spears, um, guys like Marcus Spears, you'll see him on ESPN nonstop. And he's honestly just like, be you Cho. He calls me Cho. He's just like, be you like, do you, your talent's going to prevail. Um, Andy wall. She's like mama bear. She was my producer for Longhorn network. And it's not just advice. Like she'll call me out when she needs to, when she honestly calls me out probably a lot more than she praises me to keep me humble. But um, she, the, the best advice, Chip, I've received is the truest advice, which is honestly just call it like you see it and make sure you can stand behind it. So when I go out there and I say, 
um, this, is, this is a must-win game for Texas, or this is a must-win game for so-and-so, or Oklahoma has been a better program than Texas in the last decade. I'm just calling it like I see it. You know, if I say that Texas is a favorite to win the Big 12 championship this year, well, they're returning the quarterback and they're returning a solid coach. I'm not, I don't really – people have to understand, bro, and I, I might get slacked for this, I don't really care about Oklahoma anymore. Like, when I, when I played at Texas, I gave everything I could to beat them. But, like, they ain't do nothing to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the, the, the players that were born in 99 that are playing there now – they didn't do anything to me. Like Kenneth Murray, OU star linebacker, one of my favorite players. I have his cell phone number. I'm like, hey, bro, if you need anything, holler at me. I want to see every player be great. Now, when Texas plays OU, I hope Texas wins. You know, but outside of that, like, I hope Texas does great. I hope the OU program does great. I hope freaking – I'm just a fan of college football at this point. Well, what um, – as you look at Texas um, and – I mean, good heavens, let's hope we get a football season. Um, it sounds like we might, but uh, let's, let's pretend we're going to get a football season. As you look at Texas now, uh, E, what, uh, what stands out? Is Texas a favorite? Is it a disappointment if they don't win the Big 12 title this year? What, what do you think? Football is simple. People try to make it complicated. People try to look at – all these different hirings and recruiting, and it's very simple. The team with the best quarterback, they go in the game at every level. Uh, in all honesty, like I've realized, Acho, you probably wasted a lot of time playing football because it was only going to come down to who had the best quarterback. When we had Colt McCoy, we were really good. When we had Vince Young, we were really good. Let's look in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, by far and away the best quarterback. They won the game. Look at the four college football playoff teams last year. There was Trevor Lawrence. There was Jalen Hurts. There was Joe Burrow. There was Justin Fields. Oh, and then Tua, if he didn't get hurt, there would have been him as well. So it's no secret. The best quarterback wins. To answer your question, Chip, Sam Ellinger, seemingly been at Texas for like 10 years now. I've been watching <laughs> I've been watching this kid play since he was in high school. He should be the best quarterback in the Big 12. By far and away. Look at rankings. Look at any magazine. He's a top five quarter, collegiate quarterback in the nation right now. So Texas should be the favorite to win the Big 12. And if you win the Big 12, now you're competing for a college football playoff spots. It would be a shame if Texas doesn't win because after Ellinger, there's almost another question mark. So it's kind of like, hey, Texas, if y'all don't win, if we don't win it this year, you, you're rolling the dice again. You know what I mean? And, and so Texas should be the favorite. And I trust Ellinger his senior year. You would hope that like now is the time, especially last thing I'll say on this, especially with COVID dude, it's a, it's a short, it's going to be a short year. It's going to, who's returning their quarterbacks, who's returning their coaching. It's going to be a very short year. Oklahoma. I know they have a phenom coming up, but he ain't got no real in game experience. So not having a spring football season, like that's going to hurt. That's, that's just my two cents. All right, so the defense. Last year I said, okay, 20 is the year. Maybe they can get there early, but they got nine new starters on defense. They got no real in-game experience at corner. So now they have some in-game experience at corner. They got, you know, some dudes with experience up front. Yes, you're bringing in a new coordinator, Chris Ash, but sometimes that can benefit you with the element of surprise for at least four, five, maybe mm -hmm. even half a season. 
Give me your thoughts on this Texas defense and what you expect from them. It's very simple. The best players have to be the best players. I'll say it again. The best players have to be the best players. Go back to when I was there. The best players were Brian Arakpo. He was the best player. Sergio Kendall was the best player. He was the best player. Um, go back to a couple years ago, Charles Amenahue. He was the best player, and he played like it, winning uh, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. Last year, Caden Stearns should have been one of the best players. He wasn't. Now, he was injured and injury-riddled, et cetera. So I'm not sitting here and saying, like, he was healthy and he played. No, he was just hurt and this, that, and the third. But Caden Stearns, he's supposed to win a Thorpe before he gets out of here. Like, you got to be a junior. Like, the best players got to be the best players. B.J. Foster, he was a dog his freshman year. The best players got to be the best players. Um, my Nigerian linebacker, <laughs> like, the, the, the best players – they got to be the best players. So when I look at the defense, I think they're fine. They're re- they should be returning. You'll know better than I, but they should be returning upwards of eight starters. Yeah, nine. Nine yeah, guys. Yeah, I'm like, they should they, – the only – and now, mind you, I think Brandon Jones is one of the best players on this Texas football team the last two years. So let's make no mistake about how good he was because I think Brandon Jones is the best tackling safety I've seen in college in the last three or four years. Not a banger, but just a solid sound tackler. But the defense is fine. Ellinger is there. If you don't win the Big 12 now, it's just kind of like, when you going to win that thing? Yeah. When you look at the, you know, Orlando, and it drove me crazy seeing him play guys like Breck and Hager in the four-eye. I mean, Hager's getting <laughs> double teamed. He's, a, he's 250, but he walks around at 220. I mean, that dude – can't be taken on double teams. I didn't understand it, Emmanuel. You're a smart guy. You can explain it to me the way that, you know, why were they playing, you know, Joseph Osai all over the field and not rushing their ta- their ends outside the tackle? So Help me. I am a believer that the great coaches adapt to their, their players. You don't make your great players adapt to your coaching. Therefore, if you have a – like Malcolm Roach, he is a 4-3 defensive end. Dude is not a stand-up linebacker, right? Like Malcolm Roach, okay, as he puts on size, he can become a 3-4 defensive end. But he's not truly an outside linebacker. Texas fans, you should obviously know who I'm referencing. Malcolm Roach playing the last couple of years. Malcolm Roach's freshman year was a dog. He was a dog. He was in the right position. Now when I look about look at, look at Texas – you, you get in a problem, Chip, when you start to be like, well, you know what? I'm a defensive coordinator, and I run a 4-3, so you got to be a 4-3 team. You got to be a 4 No, no, no. Look at who you have and then say, you know what? Let's run a 3-4 based on my personnel. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's do this. Let's Malik Jefferson, he, he's a little bit of a tweener, but y'all remember Malik came in all, all world, all everything. Malik is truly like a 3-4 a outside linebacker. Just not a, not an elite pass rusher, but he's truly a, a three four outside linebacker. You put him in a three four, make him play inside. Eh, things get a little hairy. So I'm the kind of guy who says, look at your personnel, and you 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 make your scheme around your personnel. That's what you do. If Texas does that, they'll be fine. Joseph Osai is a freak. Joseph Osai is a first round pick. Will Texas put him in a position to be a first round pick? TBD. But Joseph Osai, that, that dude's a first round pick. So now it's just a matter of putting your players' positions to succeed. Last thing I'll matter is it is college, though, Chip. 
So you can't trade. You don't have free agency. You can't sign a guy. You can't just cut and pick up another guy. There are times where players have to play out of position. My brother, he's, a, he's played 10 years in the NFL now. He's an outside linebacker. He played for a season at Texas as a defensive tackle because we were just thin there. So there are times where you have to play guys out of position. But if at all possible, make your dogs, put your dogs in positions to eat. Yeah, no question about that. And that hopefully, Chris Ash, are you in touch with guys? You know, I know it's crazy with COVID, but um, have you gotten any sense of how the team is taken to the new coordinators? No, I've met the coordinators about two months ago, right before COVID. I was working out. They were in there working out. Shook hands with Chris Ash, saw Herman. We talked, we talked for a little bit. I don't know how the communication is going. I'm sure it's crazy difficult right now because – Right now is when you learn your defense. So when I have a new defense, like, Chip, you could send me home with a packet, but, dude, that thing is gibberish. Like, you got to break it down for me. So that's going to be very difficult. I don't know how they're communicating right now, but I do know players are going to have a lot of catching up to do across the nation because of COVID. What um, – I mean, what do you look for? Okay, you're, let's say you're on this Longhorns team and Chris Ash is your new defensive coordinator and you're a guy – with uh with experience you know what do you need from chris ash like what 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 are you going to need to be successful with this shortened ramp up period and no spring ball and no summer maybe and if, if you're a if you're an upperclassman and you've been around the big 12 for a little bit you works and what doesn't so hopefully you're going to be sitting there and hoping that chris ash doesn't come in here and try to tell you some stuff that ain't gonna work like we're just going to match up with OU and Baylor, man-to-man -man across the board. You're sitting there like, man, coach, <laughs> we ain't got those kind of dudes. You know what I mean? So first and foremost, you're hoping a coach doesn't come in just kind of unrealistically overconfident my way or the highway because it's kind of like a new relationship. Hey, what did y'all like last year? What don't y'all like? What do y'all like? What don't y'all like? And then I'm going to tell you what I do because I am the coach. And at the end of the day, the buck stops with me. I'm getting paid the big bucks. So what, if, if I'm a player, what I want to see from, 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 uh, from Coach Ash is a game plan that makes sense, a way in which we're going to execute it, and really probably consistency. Like that's, that's what the heck I want to see. Because some co the Big 12 is a different beast, man. Big 12 is not the Big 10. You're not running power eyes all day. They're going to spread you out and make you cover. I want to see a game plan that knows how to stop that. All right, so you and Herman are good? Me and Herman never been bad. Like, the, the, the difference is I'm just not, like, I'm not around Austin very often. And so, like, I don't really have time to be – I can't be buddy-buddy with everybody. But, like, me and Herman, if I seen Herman right now, we would chop it up for about five minutes. It's all love between me and Herman. It's, it's, it's a tough position because sometimes I'm, like – he should be the highest paid. Another time I might have to be like, he's on the hot seat. But, um, yeah, I, I got love for everybody. I just – I have a job to do. Herman has a job to do. We both respect him. Remember when Mac Brown used to tell you all that I started the uh, – or I, I did the reporting that led to the death penalty <laughs> at SMU? Hey, I know how it is, my man. I know how it is. It's, hey, and you, can, you can never keep score. I can promise you that. In this business <laughs> – you're, you, you know, you're, you've got red hot take after red hot take. Never keep score, baby. Just keep smiling and, and doing you because that's what it's that's all about. It. You know what I mean? That's it, brother. All right, how's, no your, how, 
how's your brother Sam? I mean, we were hearing from him all through the, you know, the collective bargaining agreement and yeah. so proud of you guys, man. But how's Sam doing? Sam is good. He just finished year nine with the Buccaneers. He had four years with the Cardinals, his next four years with the Bears, his past year with the Bucks. currently sitting as a free agent. Um, he was writing, he just finished writing a book. So he'll drop that. I'm sure he'll be talking to you about that in the coming months. And awesome. um, he's trying to figure out if he wants to keep playing. I think if he does, he'd want to keep playing for the Buccaneers. The Super Bowl's in Tampa this year. Tom Brady's in Tampa. Bruce Arians, his coach with the Cardinals, is still in Tampa. But Sam is fantastic. Three kids. Life is great. When might we see you on television again? I would say mid-June. Okay. I would say mid-June. Right. I've been um, – I can't go to New York as the first issue because of COVID. I used to go to New York every week for Get Up. So I can't even go to New York as it stands. But honestly, Chip, as a creator, I'm just creating a lot of content right now on my social media handles, uh, The Man Acho, if y'all are watching, listening, et cetera, uh, my Instagram handles. I'm just trying to figure out how can I create content right now. So then when I'm on air, I'm going to be even better at social and on TV. Yeah, I mean, I got to give it to you. You were, you were working those channels before you, you know, and it's probably why you ended up uh, rising up on ESPN. You were – you were practicing your takes and not practicing, just firing them <laughs> off, right? Firing them. <laughs> I mean, that's, that would be your advice to the next guy, right? Don't wait. Just start yeah, doing it. My advice to the next guy is Google is too free um, for y'all to still be confused or to, to be sitting on your butt. Like Google is just, it's too free. And so, like I literally, I taught myself how to play football from YouTube. I taught myself how to play the piano from YouTube. Um, now I'm teaching myself how to create content on the go. So, Anybody who wants to do what you and I are doing or who wants to do anything, really just get out there and take some swings at it. Okay, so you were the one who told us that Justin Tucker <laughs> sings opera in the shower. I remember that interview distinctly. How about your boy Justin Tucker, man? Dude, dude. Most accurate could, in I, NFL history. I texted Jay Tuck in 2012 after he took the job from Billy Cundit. <clears throat> and I said – congratulations, never let it go. I didn't think he'd take me seriously. But um, his rookie year, he takes a job from Billy Cundiff, and the dude has been arguably the best kicker like in NFL history. I don't I'm – not, I'm not surprised, but I'm not surprised only because Jay Tuck was, like, oddly confident. Like, the dude literally did sing opera in the shower while at Texas. We always clowned him just because, like, as a kicker, he was just an odd ball. So it's not surprising now that the biggest thing for a kicker, which is confidence and composure, Jay Tuck has had that all along. So I've been happy for him. I've been silently celebrating Jay Tuck, and it's nothing but love. Okay, last thing. Manny Diaz, y'all had a good year. You know, he, when he had you and Keenan, he was, he was a great defensive coordinator. After that, it fell off a cliff. He gets fired from Texas. Now he's the head coach at, of the Miami Hurricanes. Give me your take on Manny Diaz. Manny Diaz is a phenomenal coach and phenomenal coordinator when he has smart players at the helm. Manny Diaz came to Texas. He, in, he inherited me and Keenan Robinson. And say what you will about our NFL careers, say what you will about whatever the hell. I would argue that I was the smartest line, inside linebacker, stand-up linebacker to play at Texas since Derek Johnson. I might not have been the best. I might not have been the fastest. I might not have been the strongest. But I would put my football IQ with or above anybody's. Keenan Robinson, 
dude is smart, dude can play. Remember, we had a guy named Keiston Randall. He also got drafted. He played up front. Then say what you will about him. Say what you feel about his career. Blake Gideon, probably the smartest defensive back to come through Texas in the last 20 years. Remember, he's already coaching at 29 years old or 30 years old at Ole Miss. So if you want to know anything about how Blake Gideon takes the game of football and his at football acumen. So Manny Diaz comes into Texas, inherits me and Keenan Robinson, Blake Gideon and Keiston. We have the number 11 defense in the nation. The next year we all leave, and he struggled a little bit. At the University of Miami, he had some linebackers. I won't drop their name because most of the listeners probably won't know him, but a guy named – well, I will. Shaq Quarterman, he just got drafted. Uh, another guy, Michael Pickney, linebacker, just got drafted. Diaz's defense was great. This past year, learning curve. So Diaz, really smart guy. He's really great when he has those smart guys at the helm. I trust that he'll put them at the helm, and I, Diaz will be fine. He's just he's too smart not to be. And, and look at Mac Brown. Got the number three recruiting class in 2021 right now. Freaking How about Mac the Maxter? Dude. I love Mac. I love Mac. I love Mac to death. He texted me four days ago. We communicate all the time. Not surprised. I'm not surprised. Mac is one of the most amazing men I've ever met in my life. Amazing people person. I'm, I'm not at all surprised. He will turn North Carolina around. Don't be surprised if you see them competing for an ACC title or at least one game out from an ACC title in the next three years. All right. Give you the last word here. Any red hot take you have? With regard to Texas football, the Big 12, college football, coaching? My only take and challenge is really, this is the year Texas wins the Big 12. And it is because it has to be. Um, OU has had their run three years, not just three years in a row. I'm talking three Heisman finalists, two first-round picks. I think Sam Ellinger has lived for this year. He's lived for these moments. This is the year that I think Texas has to win the Big 12. Um, so I'm excited to watch him play. That's all, that's all I got in mind. Hey, I'm with you. I'm with you on that, by the way. Um, Emmanuel Acho, man, always great to, to catch Sorry. up. So proud of you. Look forward to, uh, to seeing your face on TV, you know, wherever it pops up next. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> My um, man. Emmanuel Acho, right there. Um, appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. We'll talk. All right. There he is, Emmanuel Acho. Always great hearing from Emmanuel Acho, and we couldn't be prouder of him for the trajectory he is on right now in the media industry. But, Chip, I want to get your thoughts on this. So I thought it was really interesting what he said about Manny Diaz, who's now the head coach at Miami, former uh, defense coordinator at Texas that was fired after the BYU game in 2013. But hearing him talk about Heath, his thought about Manny Diaz being okay as a head coach, if he has um, smart players, was interesting. I want your take on that, Chip. Yeah, I mean, I've, I had said that about Manny Diaz at the time. When he was at Mississippi State, he had veteran linebackers, um, two of whom went on to the NFL. And so he looked really, really good. You know, his resume looked really good at Mississippi State. And then when he came to Texas, he had Emmanuel Acho and Keenan Robinson, and he had smart guys up front, as Emmanuel Acho mentioned, Keiston Randall and, um, and his brother Sam Acho. So, you know, when those guys started peeling off 
and Manny Diaz was having to, you know, try to get, um, you know, a group I know that was led by Steve Edmond. It didn't, it didn't go so well. I mean, my God, he got fired. I, in fact, I'll never forget that. I was the one who asked the question after the game, if Manny was still going to be the defensive coordinator come Monday and Max said he needed to look at the film. Mind you, I will say I was in that room, easily one of the most uncomfortable <laughs> questions, but it needed to be asked. I mean, they just gave up, what was it, 618 yards or something uh, like that to BYU, 550 yards rushing. I mean, it was... Taysom Hill. Yeah. I mean, they made Taysom Hill look like a Heisman uh, trophy winner at that game. Like, that was... That got him his NFL delay. career. It was, yeah. It was such a terrible... That whole experience was awful. Like, being on the field, this is pissing rain out <laughs> it's like oh, oh my god get me out of here the game then, was delayed by two hours two hours yeah and remember do you remember that storm that went in through there oh, it was like apocalypse oh my gosh i literally saw like i've never seen a storm roll in like i actually saw that one and that storm rolled in and took manny diaz's career with it too because that was a uh, terrible showing but you asked the right now, question. yeah well yeah and now look at him no, he's yeah. the head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. I'm glad that Manny feels like he's going to be fine. You know, Manny's got to make sure, and this is what Tom Herman's going through right now. You know, everyone's like, oh, he had a setback. He went 7-5 and five in the regular season. This is awful. Okay, well, now his recruits are juniors and seniors. Mm -hmm. This is when it should turn up and stay up. Yes, if he's if the he's, right guy. Right. If he's picking the right players, developing them, that will all show on the field this year. Manny's got to get to that point, too. And, oh, by the way, you got to have a great quarterback. Yeah. You have to have the quarterback. There's No one's winning national championships with Craig Krenzel anymore. You know, those days are gone. So you got to have a dynamic quarterback. Um, Texas certainly has that, and we'll, we'll get into it. That probably leads us right into love it or leave it, right? Right, yeah. Well, and just to put on that, a former guy of Tom Herman's, Derek King, is the quarterback now at Miami after he transferred from, from Houston. He was a guy that Texas or right. Tom Herman and his staff had recruited to Houston, sat out last season, transferred to Miami. So it'll be interesting to see what Manny Diaz can do with him because I think Derek King's a really good quarterback. I, I, I totally I, agree. Yeah, I think he has a good setup there. So it'll be interesting to watch the Hurricanes, I think. And did you not think when Dana Holgerson, God bless him. I love Dana. We need to get him on the flagship podcast. <laughs> um, but Dana, I mean, he was totally befuddled when De'Ara King is like, hey, I'm in a red shirt. Yeah. I mean, he didn't know what to say. And I felt for the guy. I mean, my God, your best player is like, I'm out Yep. to save it to go somewhere else. And and here we are, but you're right. D.R. King, I think, is a total um, game changer and has a chance to make Manny Diaz look pretty good. Yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, Chip, let's get to our love it or leave it uh, segment right now. We do this every week on the Flagship Podcast. And if you have not subscribed to the Flagship Podcast, go on over to iTunes. It's free. Hit subscribe. You'll always get our new episodes in, on your phone, whatever device that you listen to podcasts on, it'll always be delivered to you so you don't have to search for it. And while you're there, uh, feel free to give us a five-star rating if you want because <laughs> our bosses will be very happy if we uh, continue that five-star ratings that we've been getting over there. But so with that, let's go to our love it or leave it section segment here. And 
Chip, I'm going to start with some recent news with the states reopening a little bit more. So California has been one of the states that was really pushing back on reopening and restricting some of the guidelines for the coronavirus pandemic to you know shelter in place and whatnot. However, the governor came out and spoke openly about how they're also moving into a similar phase reopening that Texas did with uh, Governor Abnett announcing that yesterday. So with pro sports coming back and they're going to be without fans to begin with, but still it's a positive sign, I think, for the college football season to come. So we're going to, my question to you is with Stan, with uh, states reopening more and more, love it or leave it, you are good with a college football season in the fall with only 25% capacity. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're basing this off the fact that most um, establishments when they reopen, reopen at a quarter capacity. So we're just playing that, that game right now. Right. And chance. if you're going to have six feet apart, um, it, it takes your capacity down to like 25,000 if you're a hundred thousand seat stadium. So here's the thing. I think some fans are better than no fans. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Del Conte makes the big bucks to try to um, figure this kind of stuff out because let's, let's, let's put it this way. And I think this is a good question. I'm, I'm going to love this because again, the fact that we would even be having a season just warms the cockles of my heart. Mm -hmm. So I'm loving anything that means we're playing games. If you can only have 25,000 fans in the building, I'm going to love that too, because again, 25,000 fans better than no fans. Right. And Chris Del Conte makes the big bucks to try to figure that out. So here's, here's my question, Taylor. Mm -hmm. Um, you got to take care of your top donors, but your top donors all probably have a suite and they I'm told will be able to bring their same number of people in. If they don't want to social distance, they don't have to, they can do whatever they want in their suites. So all the top donors you would think are, are okay there. Then how do you parcel out the other, you know, 25,000 tickets and suites are up out of the stands. How do you parcel out the 25,000 tickets? I would imagine there's going to have to be, you know, a lottery. Yeah. And, or maybe it's waves, you know, um, so that, you know, if you're, if you choose to go to this game, you get first priority, you get to go to that game. And then the next round goes to new uh, fans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not ideal. None of this is ideal. And, right. and people are paying good money for their season tickets. They're paying good money uh, for the contribution needed to maintain your season tickets. Um, it's clear that Texas uh, is in desperate need of their season ticket holders to, you know, just have faith and, and stay with it. I don't know how many will if if we get to a situation where they're only limited to uh, going to a handful well not a handful because that's as many home games as there are but mm-hmm. uh, being limited to one or two home games this year um, and good luck on the Texas OU game right the Red yeah. River shootout well the state fair I mean is the state fair going to happen right right I mean yeah, there's this a lot is... of what ifs a lot of what ifs, but I'm loving anything that means we're actually playing games. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm I'm going to love any type of football season that happens in the fall. I feel like that's when football needs to always be played. Um, and, you know, it'll, I think it'll be interesting, Chip, to see what type of um, – how this first phase of reopening sports specifically – I know it's technically phase two of the state reopening in the state of Texas, but um, how the reopening of sports goes because I think – that whatever the professional model is, is going to be what the college model is going to kind of replicate a little bit, I would imagine, because if it's working for the pros, the college college level, they can't just go rogue and do whatever the heck they want. Like they need to follow the protocols that is working when it comes to re, you know bringing back professional sports um, and especially outdoor sports. So it's going to be interesting. I would be, I would really be interested to see if that number doesn't move to a 50% capacity by the time that fall is here. Now, I don't know how that will work when it comes to season ticket holders because they've got to put in their, their money and their donations and everything that goes along with being a season ticket holder for college football. I would be interested to see if they maybe extend it even further. I think that the the deadline, I believe, was May to get your donations in, correct? That's May right. Or something like and that? They should be with all the uh, mail. They have to wait two weeks before announcing, um, you know, the renewal rate or making tickets available to the public because okay. a lot of people mail in their renewal. So right. that can, you know, that can be mailed on May 1st. I may not get in until May 14th or something. So right. Yeah. So keep an eye out for the eyes of Texas this week, kids. Yeah, we may have hint, something hint. on that for sure in there. All right, so next one, Chip. This pandemic favors teams with returning experience without having the spring football session or if it's in um, you know, a, a condensed off-season or fall season, whatever it may be, just having the guys on campus. With Oklahoma having a first-time starter at QB, this puts them at a disadvantage. Love it or leave it. You know, as much as I would love to not love to love it, but it, you keep wondering what is finally going to slow down the mule shoe magician in his offense. Right. Because the guy has had three different starting quarterbacks each of the last three years. And they've all gone to the Heisman ceremony. Two of them won it. Two of them were the number one pick in the draft. The other one was a second round pick. You just, you, you have to give, you have to give Lincoln Riley the benefit of the doubt. And the fact that Spencer Rattler has been in the OU system um, for a full year as a red shirt uh, or as a freshman makes me think, you know what? I get the feeling this guy's going to hit game experience and, and be okay because Lincoln Riley's so good at drawing up plays that get guys open and and the quarterback completion percentage always goes soaring through the roof. Mm -hmm. I mean, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, and Jalen Hurts all had career highs in their final years at, at OU. A final, um, you know, had record highs in completion percentage career highs. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave this Taylor. It should, it should be an advantage for everyone else and it should be a disadvantage for OU 
to have a first-time starter at quarterback without spring ball, without normal camaraderie, you know, and team activities through the through this point. But I'm I'm going to leave it because I just until the mule shoe magician does something to make us doubt him, I'm not going there. Yeah. That's smart. I mean, if you think about it, yes, Spencer Rattler does not have any, you know, he has not been a starting quarterback in college, but he was a composite five-star. I mean, 24-7 sports specifically had him rated as the number nine overall player in his recruiting class. In the 2019 recruiting class, I believe he was part of, he was the number one pro-style quarterback. He was the number one player out of the state of Arizona. Yeah, 24-7 had nine nationally, 24-7 sports composite rankings had him at 11 nationally. So yeah, there's, there's at this point, I've always, I've kind of said this, I'm so much more of a show me, don't tell me type of person. And all that Lincoln Riley has done is show me that he, there's no reason to, to not, you know, um, to not believe in him, especially when it comes to developing quarterbacks. And even though one thing I do think is, is interesting is, you know, Spencer Rattler is more of a pro style quarterback where some of the quarterbacks that Lincoln Riley has had have been more of the dual threat quarterbacks like the Jalen Hurts and the Kyler Murray's, you know, that could beat you also with their legs and not just with their arms. So that might be interesting, but I feel like with Spencer Rattler being on campus at Oklahoma for, you know, this will be, he'll be going into his third year, uh, or wait, will it be no second year, second yep. year. Yeah. Second year a there full year in the system last year. Yeah. I think that there's no reason <clears throat> at this point to, to count him out just because he doesn't have experience. So I'm with you there. I'm going to, I'm going to leave that one, but the third and final one chip, we're going to go back to our guy, Mike Yersich here under Mike Yersich at Oklahoma state. Former Oklahoma State quarterback Mason Rudolph threw for 37 touchdowns and rushed for 10. Love it or leave it, Sam Ellinger will surpass both of those thresholds in 2020. Interesting. So, um, yeah, that was 2017 Mason Rudolph's final year at Oklahoma State and was – pretty much the high watermark of the Oklahoma state offense under Yersich. I want to say that in 17, they averaged 45, yeah, 45 points per game. Um, Texas would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, but I am going to love this. I'm going to, I'm going to love this. Okay. I'm going to say that Sam Ellinger throws for more than 37 touchdown passes and rushes for more than 10. Even though Sam threw for 32 touchdown passes last year, and I think he only ran for seven. I'm double-checking this. Yeah, seven rushing touchdowns. He had 16 in 2018. Now, here's here's the funny thing about Mason Rudolph that year. He ran for 10 touchdowns. But his rushing totals were horrible. Yeah. Wasn't it like 60-something yards on like 38? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so here is Mason Rudolph, who rushed for 10 touchdowns in 2017. He carried the ball 61 times for 35 yards. 
Oh, I flipped those. Oh, my bad. So <laughs> I was giving him better stats. Than what yeah, was. he ran it 61 times for 35 yards. Now, stupidly, college football counts sack yardage in the run total, which makes no sense whatsoever. Oh, yeah. The right. sack yardage should come out of the passing total, but that's why he's got such horrible numbers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but all that said, he ran it 61 times for net 35 yards. That is 0.6 yards per carry and still scored 10 touchdowns. So heck yes, I am. I'm loving Sam Ellinger throwing. I think the over under is 40. So I'll, I'll say that he's, he's like at 38, 39, 40, right in there. Okay. And, and somehow rushes for 11 touchdowns. <laughs> well, I mean, if he throws for 37, 38, 39, 40, that's better than he's ever done at right. passing at least. Right. Um, and, and there's no reason not to think that's going to be the case. If this offense you have, Mike Yersich, who's a fantastic offensive mind in college football. You have Tom Herman as the head coach, who's arguably one of the most brilliant offensive minds in recent college football history. If those two can get along and not clash, there's no reason that Sam Ellinger shouldn't surpass that, like crush those, be more like Joe Burrow-like touchdown passes. But Texas needs the receivers also to step up and not Malcolm Epps to block people, his own players down the field if he's – <laughs> oh that's a that's a topic for another day but. <laughs> for another day. but everyone's like oh quit talking about joe burrow we don't have receivers like that um can i just point out something yes can i point out that lsu going into last season jamar chase who ended up with 1800 receiving yards and 20 touchdown catches Going into last year, had 23 catches for 313 yards. Yeah. In 2018, before he exploded for 20 touchdown catches and the Boletnikoff Award last right. year. So, anyone see Brennan Eagles as a guy, a big, fast guy who, in the right system, might flourish? Anyone see? Jake Smith, Jordan Whittington, Josh, Josh Moore. Moore. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to go crazy here. Yeah, Just we're not anointing Jeff. them no. as <laughs> bullet award winners or Sam Ellinger Heisman. But yeah, right. But I mean, Texas has talent. Oh yeah, they have talent. A lot of talent. Yeah. You know? I mean, Brendan Eagles was one of the top receivers in his recruiting class coming out. Right. Um. Yeah, he and Terrace Marshall. Yeah, Jake Smith, the Gatorade Player of the Year, his senior year of high school, national Gatorade Player of the Year, not just for a state, national too. I mean, yeah, and people who poo-poo on Jake Smith, I'm like, he had six touchdown catches last year. Okay, look, maybe Andre, but yeah, I'm Andre Coleman's going to be all over him, and he's going to get the best out of him. But Jake Smith hit the wall, made some, you know, made some freshman mistakes, but that guy's a playmaker. Yeah. That over-the-shoulder touchdown catch he had against Texas Tech? Mm -hmm. Come on. He, he, can, he can get it done. Yeah. Brennan Eagles can get it done. Jordan Whittington should be able to get it done if he's back to full strength. And, and Josh Moore, from what I was hearing last year on the scout team, was, was causing fits for the defense. So, 
Right, and he is going to play because he was suspended. So, I'm loving Sam Ellinger throwing for at least 37 touchdowns this year. I'm with you. No pressure, Sam or Mike or Tom. Y'all's jobs just, you know, <laughs> rely on this being good. But <laughs> No pressure. I, I'm right there with you. All right, good stuff. Everybody get over to Horns 24-7 and read Taylor's story about the new protocols for the staff returning to campus. And, uh, and check out the Texas Morning Brew each morning, each weekday morning. And uh, we all, we're always trying to get you a couple nuggets in there. We got some good stuff lined up. Um, Taylor, I hope everyone goes over to uh, iTunes and, and gives us a, a five-star rating and, and uh, subscribes to the Horns 24-7 family of podcasts. Yep. How's that sound? It's very easy to do so, and you'll get the flagship podcast. You'll get Longhorn Blitz with Rod Babers and Jeff Howe, and you'll also get the State of Recruiting with Mike Roach and Nick Harris. And Mike's been doing really good interviews with his open mic podcasts every um, week, getting different media members or coaches from the recruiting trail that give their side of what's going on with Texas recruiting. So definitely subscribe to our podcast channel and uh, we will do our best never to let you down. I'll tell you that. (laughs) We've got great guests lined up on this flagship podcast. I mean, I don't know, maybe we should start releasing two of these a week. We got Man, we got people lined up. So stay tuned. Stay. Uh, tell your friends and enemies to uh, download and subscribe to the flagship podcast. Everybody stay safe and keep the faith for Taylor Estes. I am Chip Brown. We'll talk to you next week.